So are you ready? Are you ready to punch perfectionism in the face and get things done once and for all? I know that I am. Welcome to another episode of Enhancing the Human Experience. I'm Mark Phillips, and I'm really glad that you're here. Now, we're not violent people, right? We don't go out looking for trouble, but sometimes we just have to take matters into our own hands and do what needs to be done. And that's what this show is all about. We're going to talk about practical strategies that I've found to be really, really helpful in keeping perfectionism at bay so we can get our work done, right? So we can produce and create and grow and develop and do all the awesome things that human beings are supposed to do, right? Balanced human beings moving towards their goals and dreams. Because I think perfectionism plagues everyone to a greater or lesser degree. I've even heard of super professional people, whether they're actors, singers, musicians, scientists, business people, dealing with perfection, right? At, at all levels, at the even the highest levels of the game. So we're we're all subject to it. And I think that's one of the detrimental things that plagues us is we think we're the only person that deals with this kind of situation, right? When the reality is everyone has these issues, right? Everyone fighting the same battle, but we all think that somehow we're not as good as the other people or we're lesser or whatever, you know, all of the stuff that our mind tells us. So we're going to get into some of these strategies that I've picked up over the years because, hey, I've I've had my fair share of, you know, go-arounds with perfectionism and it's squashed a lot of productivity for me and a lot of creativity and how many lost opportunities to grow and develop, you know, have we lost due to perfection. So I'm excited about this episode. Before we get into it, you know, and talk about some of the strategies, I want to talk about what is, what or who is really behind perfectionism, right? And it really is our ego. And the ego is job is to keep us safe and keep us out of harm's way, you know, more from a social standpoint, right? Most of us aren't uh, living every day in the threat of physical danger or certainly uh, imperative danger like it used to be, right? When you may be killed if you walked outside at the wrong time and got eaten by a wild animal or something. We don't generally face those types of dangers anymore, but we're still hardwired and programmed in that sense, and but more so from the social standpoint, because being a social creature, human beings are really, really concerned with what other people are thinking of us and judging us and what social stature we hold in the community. So that's valid, right? We, we got to understand that the ego is doing something that's supposedly to help us, right? But, but what we all know is that everything good, all the growth and development and amazing experiences happened well outside of our comfort zone. And so that's what we've got to get past is that comfort zone and move into those uncharted territories so that we can grow and develop, right? And create and produce and learn more about ourselves and experience ourselves and get better at living. So that's really what's behind this perfectionistic thinking is the ego. So we know that that's the entity that's producing it. You know, we got to, I feel it's really beneficial to like know your enemy. And Sun Tzu, the art of war says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. 
if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. So that's a little like high level uh, martial or war strategy, military strategy, I guess it is, from Sun Tzu. And we've got to bring that into play because the ego is no joke, right? You don't want to go up against the ego and it's whole bag of tricks. It's really, really good at subterfuge and creating scenarios that distract us and undermine our ability to move forward in life. So we don't want to underestimate the ability of the ego, right? It's, it's, this is not a game we're playing, even though we're going to look at it as a game and a military strategy here. It's really, it's, it's serious business and there are high stakes involved, right? We all know that. The stakes are our happiness, our productivity, our growth, our spiritual growth, our emotional growth, our well-being, financial relationships, like everything is on the line here. So we want to treat our enemy, in this case the ego, with a high level of respect. So I think that's important to know your ego a little bit. And incidentally, I've also written a blog post about this topic, and it's more in-depth than my general show notes, because I wanted to go a little bit uh, more, give like a full picture of it, not just uh, gloss over this. This because this is serious. This is like a serious topic that we all have to deal with. So I've written more detailed show notes on my website, gmarkphillips.com. You can go check that out. And I talk a little bit more about what the ego's job is and all of that. But as far as getting into the tactics, because that's what we really want to know, right? I liken all of this uh, when we talk about going to battle with our ego and going to battle with perfectionism. I liken it or use the metaphor of a fighter, right? In a ring, fighters fighting one another. And there are tactics that are really similar to a jab, which jabs are really effective in boxing and and mixed martial arts. Jabs can get the job done, even even though it's a seemingly simple, um, a simple move or a simple offensive structure, right? It's simple. And so but the jab can really do a lot of damage and can actually win fights. And so the way I've kind of structured these these tactics and techniques are jabs and then what I call like the big guns or bringing the heat. And I'll go into those a little bit later here in the show. But as far as jabs, I look at it in the sense that these are the little everyday thoughts that our ego mind says to us, you know, the, the person living in your head that that says, well, that's not quite good enough, or you're not ready, or it's not ready, all of those things, right? It's not perfect, you're not perfect, you're not good enough, or don't do it, don't ship it, don't release it, don't publish it, certainly don't create it, you're going to be judged, someone's not going to like it, you're going to lose social stature, all of that stuff. Those are the jabs that our ego mind is throwing at us, the little thoughts coming in as we're moving toward a goal or a dream, right? They only come up if you're moving outside your comfort zone. If you stay in your comfort zone, the ego doesn't really have anything to say to you, right? That's why it's very comfortable, very safe in our comfort zone. You're not going to get any negative talk from your ego because you're doing what it's what it wants you to do. Stay safe and stay low, right? Stay like a low blade of grass and no one's going to cut you. So 
Those are the little jabs the ego throws. And so what I've done is I've developed and I keep these in a journal or digital journal. And I use these when I get those little thoughts that come into my head, like I read above, you know, not being perfect, not being enough, all the, all of those bogus things that can sometimes stop us. I mean, they're not, they're no joke. But here's a list of some of the things that I counter those jabs with. And I consider these little, little offensive jabs. Don't get it perfect, just get it going. Or don't get it perfect, just get it done. Done is better than perfect. And my favorite here is perfect is an illusion. And even God said when he created the world that it was very good. I mean, that alone, that statement alone should dissolve all aspects of perfectionism that any of us face. God created the world and said it's very good. Didn't say it was perfect, right? So why are we trying to make whatever we're creating perfect? It's totally crazy. Here's another one. Go for progress, not perfection. Perfection is the enemy of progress. And I like this one. It's better to do it and suck than not do it at all. And I'll get into the doing when I talk a little bit later about like the big guns bringing the heat. So those are, that's like seven or eight of my little jabs that I keep in a journal and an online swipe file that I think about whenever I get the thought of you're not doing it right or it's not going to be good enough, all those things, right? And I, th- I find those to be really effective because it's kind of like sometimes those thoughts will get the job done, right? If you can, if you can squash perfectionistic thinking, that the ego is throwing at you by doing those and and doing least effort, go ahead and do it, right? If you can get back to work and back to producing by just throwing up one of those offensive tactics, then that's awesome. Now, sometimes you're going to have to get into the big guns, and that's why I've developed these, or I talk about these other four tactics here. And again, you can check them out on the website in a little more in-depth. But the first one is this. You're probably familiar with the Little Red Book, also known as the 12 Steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? But did you know that that tool, and I call it a tool, can also be used to combat any type of behavior, behavior, right? Any type of addictive behavior. And being a perfectionist is an addictive type of behavior, right? If you haven't got your hands on the Little Red Book or the 12 Steps, you can download it, and I'll probably put a link in the show notes. You can download it really easily, and the only thing you need to do is change one word in the first sentence. The first sentence of the 12 Steps reads like this, We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. And then they go on for the other 11 steps. All you need to do is change alcohol to perfectionism and you're done. And then the other steps fall into place and they read nicely for, you know, whether it, whether you want to combat or use it, this tool to overcome any type of behavior or uh, addictive thinking or or whatnot, you can do that by changing the one word to whatever you want. So it reads like this if we're talking about perfectionism. We admitted we were powerless over perfectionism, that our lives had become unmanageable, right? And then you draw on the power of God, however you 
see him slash her or think of him slash her and all of the wisdom and the knowledge, you hand that over to God and that God will help you, right? It's very similar to the golden key, which happens to be further down on the list here for one of these big guns or bringing the heat, like I say. So I find the 12 steps to be really, really helpful, especially reading through the other 11 in overcoming this type of perfectionistic behavior, because that that's where all the goods are. Those 12 steps have helped immense amount of people overcome alcoholism over the year years. And the reason is because it's really a powerful tool. So that's tool number one of the big guns. The next tool, again, is a thought-based tool because, you know, we're really um, combating thought for thought here, is to realize that the only way to get better is to do something. And this is the ultimate irony, right? Is that as a perfectionist, we say to ourselves, I don't want to do it because I'm not good enough. But the reality is, you will never get good enough if you don't do it. So it's the ultimate catch-22. And that really sucks because we just stay where we're at. And we think, well, if I don't do anything, then it won't matter. But it does matter. Our spiritual growth's at stake. Our emotional growth, our well-being, our health, our finances, all these things are at stake if we stay in that comfort zone, right? It, it appears to be not a problem, but eventually, at some point in time down the road, it will become a problem, right? So it's better to just dive right in and get into the scariness of it sooner rather than later, because it's only going to get harder, right? If you wait at the top of the diving board and wait and wait and wait, it's only going to get harder. So you might as well get right into it. And this number two tool, realizing that the only way to get better is doing, that's really powerful because it, it, it's actually logical in your mind, and your mind is going to be like, well, that's he's actually right, right? If I don't take action, and if I don't do it and practice, I'm never going to get better. And so it kind of uses that thought logic on the ego mind. And it's, it's um, kind of like irrefutable, right? So I really like that one. So think of doing it as the only way to get better, better at it. Now, the third one here is another favorite of mine, and it is, it is about looking at whatever you're doing, not from the end result, like say you're painting a picture or building a house and you want it to be perfect, right? Taking your focus off the, the product or the result that you're trying to produce and putting your focus on taking the action as being the end result shifts everything, Right? And then your mind will go to work and say, well, I've got to be really good at taking action here. And instead of thinking of the perfect product or thing or whatever you're going to produce, think about how good you can get at taking action. And it totally cuts the link between the, per- the perfect thing that you want to produce, right? And you take your focus and you put it on taking action. Because a lot of times what people end up doing, and I know this has happened to myself, is we say, well, I'm really worried about the outcome. Like, will I? Will it be perfect? What will people say? What will they think? And instead, we're not really looking and paying attention to the underlying greater purpose here, which is getting ourselves to take action that then produces the personal growth and development that is really 
at the heart of what we're doing in this world, right? We can't take anything that we create here. Um, it's all a, a learning ground and a playing ground, playing field for improving our soul and developing our soul, right? And so it's all just getting in the mix and going to work in that way. So if you look at taking action as being being the real purpose in anything you do, whether it's relationships or business or health and wellness, whatever, everything changes then and you start to become an, a cosmic action taker. And Deepak Chopra talks about that, right? You take action all the time, more and more and more at higher and higher levels. And guess what? Your life gets better. Our lives get better when we do that because we're focusing on doing the thing we need to be doing, which is taking the action. So I like that as the third tool in the heavy hitters here. Okay, so let me see here. I've got two more. Number four is ties in with this past one, the number three. And number four is give up the fruits of whatever you're doing, right? And this is something that I get from both the Bhagavad Gita and the Upanishads, two of my favorite Hindu texts. And I go to these all the time and they have like deep life lessons here. So giving up the fruit is again, kind of like detaching from the outcome, but realizing that that again, that's not the purpose is to get the fruits. And can you really ever get the fruits anyways, right? They're, they're God's fruits, and we're stewards of God, and so we're just kind of managing the fruits, right? And I mean the money, the opportunities, the material abundance or wealth or prosperity, whatever you whatever your, the fruit is, which is like the cookie at the end of your lesson here. So when you give up the fruit and detach from the you detach yourself from having that fruit, you're going to be able to focus all of your energy, your mental energy and your spiritual energy on doing the task to your best ability. Now, giving up and detaching from the fruit doesn't mean you can't have the fruit. You can still have the money, the homes, the material luxuries, the friendships and whatnot. You can still have those things, but you're not attached to them. Your happiness is not linked to having that. Your happiness is linked to doing action and even the action you're not attached to, right? Whether it goes your way or not your way, uh, quote, good or quote, bad, doesn't matter. You're attached to doing the action, right? And so you you still move forward. And actually, like the, like the Bhagavad Gita said, it said this doesn't make a person become like less callous to the world or less in tune with the world. It actually helps them more. Let me see if I can find it here. It says, um, in general, mankind almost always acts with attachment. That is to say, with fear and desire. Desire for a certain result and fear that this result will not be obtained. Attached action binds us to the world of appearances and to continual doing of more action. So when you even detach that's the quote from the Bhagavad Gita. So when you even detach from the action, then you can really, really get down to business and super focus on getting better at doing that action. Because again, you're not really attached to whether it comes out good or bad. So I really, really like that one. The other quote here that ties in is from the Upanishads, and it is this, quote, 
Well may he be content to live a hundred years who acts without attachment, who works his work with earnestness, but without desire, not yearning for its fruits. That's a quote from the Upanishads. So see, it's all about like giving up those fruits. So I like that one. Now the last one here in like the heavy hitters, big guns, bringing the primary weapon to bear on that perfectionistic thinking in the ego mind is the golden key. Now, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the golden key. I even did a whole podcast on the golden key by Emmett Fox, where I read his whole essay, but I include it here because it's really powerful. It's a really powerful tool. So if you don't know the golden key, here's, here is the essence of the golden key in, in one sentence. And this is Emmett Fox writing the golden key. And he says this, quote, stop thinking about the difficulty, whatever it is, and think about God instead. And that's Emmett Fox, the golden key. So the difficulty in this case is overcoming perfectionistic thinking, which could be, I'm like we talked about earlier, I'm not good enough, it's not good enough, on and on and on, right? Don't think about that and think about God instead. And the golden key is really simple and really does work. So I really like that. So those are my five like heavy hitters, big guns for getting over perfectionistic thinking. And one thing that I didn't really touch on, and I, I want to talk about briefly here, is when we're talking about how to go into battle with the ego, what we really want to think is that the ego is throwing thoughts at us, and those are the thoughts that I'm not perfect, it's not perfect, I'm not good enough, all, the, all those are thoughts. And so when we do battle with thought, we fight thought with thought, right? Just like we fight fire with fire and we match whatever weapon we're being, whatever whatever being used against us, we use that against our opponent, in this case, the ego mind. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind that when we're doing battle within, and fighting with our ego mind, and I don't mean like, you know, like arduous struggle, but it, it, there is a war within ourselves, right? We have, to, we have to acknowledge that. When we're doing battle within, we've got to fight thought with thought. And so I want you to keep that in mind, that, it, that those thoughts are really powerful. Like I said, sometimes those little thoughts of, hey, ego, I'm going to get this done, and done is better than perfect, will totally squash it. And the ego will be like, you know what? You're right, actually. It, it knows, right? It knows when it's beat. And that's the thing. Now, that's not to say that the ego is not going to circle back and come up with some other type of smokescreen or illusion for you, but that's okay because you're ready for it, right? Because you know the enemy and you know yourself. So I just want to make that clear is that we're fighting thought with thought, and it's really powerful. So before I end here, I just want to share a couple of quotes from this book is called The Perfectionist Predicament, How to Stop Driving Yourself and Others Crazy, and it's by Miriam Elliott and Susan Meltzner. Miriam is a, is a, prof, a professor, and Meltzner is a master's of social work. So here we go. First quote is this, quote, there are few things as reassuring as and generally gratifying as pushing past a fear and discovering what you can do when you are willing to take a chance. I like that one. And let me see if I can go back one more page here. Okay, so here's this other section I want to share with you. Quote, 
By avoiding any and all situations that might lead to failure, you have done yourself a great disservice. You have robbed yourself of countless opportunities to venture into new territory, make mistakes, learn from them, and realize that the world did not come to an end and you did not fall apart at the seams. That realization is incredibly liberating. It enables you to do more, learn more, see more, and be more than will ever be possible by going for the safe bet and the sure thing. End quote. And the last one that I want to share here is this one. And it is, in here they have a list of five things. This is a really awesome book, by the way. I mean, it's it's really detailed and it goes into like different types of perfectionistic people because some people are perfectionists about their work or their appearance or relationships. So it goes in there and you can kind of find where you fit in and it gives you specific tactics to help deal with that. But at near the end, they talk, they give like these five steps or five um, kind of helpful reminders as you go off, right? It's kind of like their send off. And one of them is this, and you've probably heard this before. And I think about this quite frequently. They say, you know, you've got to try it in the real world. Here's what they say. As we said in the last chapter, the only way truly to conquer a fear is to take a deep breath and do what needs to be done, no matter how nervous you feel. Do what you can to prepare for anxiety-provoking situations. Remind yourself of your past successes. Flood your mind with affirmations. Then jump right in. Just do it. We can guarantee that nothing you encounter will be as bad as the disaster you imagined. And even if you do botch things up, the world won't end. In fact, you'll learn something useful for dealing with similar situations in the future. Perhaps best of all, having survived a situation you once feared would destroy you, your courage to face new challenges will increase dramatically, end quote. So that's back to, you know, this notion that we've got to slay our fears in the real world. It's the only way that we're going to grow and get better. So I really like that book. And I'll put a link to that book on my website in the show notes slash blog post. Well, I do want to share one last quote with you here, and this is from Brene Brown. If you're not familiar with her work, it's really amazing. And she says this, quote, perfectionism is a 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us, when in fact, it's the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. That's Brene Brown. So I like, I like her quote. So that's the show. I hope you got something out of it. These are, like I say, my favorite tools and techniques and strategies to go to war with that perfectionistic thinking. And I use them all the time and I find they really, really work. So if you like the show, it would be really awesome if you would take a minute to review it on iTunes. That would be super cool. I'll put a link to the iTunes show page on my website in the blog post here and give you some simple instructions to do that. And the only last announcement I want to make is if you haven't picked up your free copy of The Human Beings Manifesto, you can do that at justbeitbook.com. And I, you don't even have to enter your email or anything. You can just go there and download the PDF. And that is a one-page manifesto that I wrote that kind of boils down and is the essence of just be it the book and the, the personal development system that I have there. So um, you can go and de- download that for free at justbeitbook.com. And again, I'll put a link on my website. You can do that. So 
I'm going to end on that. I really appreciate you listening. I thank you so much, and I hope you got something out of it. All the best, health, wealth, and success to you. Have a fantastic day. Bye-bye.